you can find your advantage somewhere where it is like you can my suffering i believe i although it was rough whether it be my um my injuries in athletics whether it be being told to change my name by my um, alcoholic father growing up i can see now that i am everything i am because of my suffering and I believe every everyone is, and so I mean, going back to wielding your suffering, everyone mm. has the potential, and I, and I and I despise the the notion that no one can be something because of where they're at, where they come from. If anything, you're put in a position to lead others, right? Be the light for others to lead out of the darkness. And um, I just obviously have to go back to you know wielding your suffering and wield it yeah. nobly bear your suffering nobly because you will bring not only yourself through the storm but so many others hey this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors check this out thank you to tracy down at tranquil turn massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. look my wife and i we see tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage and it is the best thing tracy is a master massage specialist and a hanu ashiatsu trainer you need to reach out to tracy and her team make sure that you tell them that i sent you and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage also while you're there check out CDA brows, body, and ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you and you'll save a hundred bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. Connor, you're a motivational speaker, former D1 football player and coach, anti-human trafficking advocate, your speaker, and so much more, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me on, man. It's a pleasure. Dude, I like to kick things off, but going back a bit, like where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you, man? Yeah, so um, grew up in Olympia, Washington, um, or Tumwater, Washington. I, I say Olympia, but it's a small um, subset of it. Um, childhood, I mean, childhood was great for me. Grew up playing every sport under the sun. Had my struggles for sure, um, but lo loved growing up there. And uh, yeah, I mean, growing up, and that's where I fell in love with football. Yeah, come on, man. I grew up in Tri-Cities, Washington out there, and so uh, lived it and then moved to Seattle, Right out of high school, lived there for about 15 years and uh, decided to come out here to Idaho in 2014. But uh, yeah, man, very familiar with the Tumwater Olympia area there for sure. Uh, when you were growing up, like you played a lot of sports there. Who was that person that had the biggest influence you on growing up? I mean, other than my mother, um, I would say in the sports arena, it would have been my um, actually offensive line coach in college. Um, I, my relationship with my father was, you know, very rough to say the least and um, he really took me under my wing and actually put me in a position where I wanted to become a coach at first to, you know, be the person that he was for me. Um, yeah. and so that, you know, my coaches really were the, the people that took me under my wing were those strong male figures in my life, but him specifically, man, it's so important to have those, those male role models. I would say that's where I lacked in, in when I was in high school and I tried to go to college throughout a year, but you know, it's so important to have those male role models in your life for sure, man. In fact, the guy that was a teacher of mine in high school, he taught entrepreneurship and sports and entertainment marketing. It was the only class I paid attention to every other class. I showed up stoned, but like, it's because <laughs> of him that I actually wanted to go into entrepreneurship and do sort of a business thing. It's so important on that. I mean, grit and perseverance is something that you're familiar with. And for folks out there that are trying to find strength, the perseverance to kind of battle through adversity, like what practical tips can you give them to help them kind of get through that or find that strength they need? Yeah. I mean, whenever I speak to, you know, young athletes, coaches, players, I mean, just people in general, because I think this applies, 
Yeah. Um, every one thing I say is a, is a verse actually, I, mean, I don't care if you're religious or not, but this, these words rank true to me is, uh, Romans five, three through four, that says not only so, but we glory in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. And for me throughout my journey of, you know, the seven season ending injuries and, you know, using, using the hardships I went through with my father at a young age as well, I really relied on that hope piece. So it's like, you know, maybe I'm going through this for a reason, you know, maybe someone's benefiting from this who I have, you know, I don't even know just because they see me, you know, nobly, nobly bearing my suffering. Um, and so I didn't know if that was the case, but I really relied on that um, idea and it, you know, it got me to where I am. Man, that's so good, dude. <laughs> so good, dude. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, a daily word, spending time in the, the Bible for me is, is a non-negotiable man and, and reflecting on verses and Proverbs every day, man. And so important to, for, at least for me uh, to really start the day and set the tone there. Um, you know, and I love morning routines. I'm a big guy on, on morning routines there. What's your morning routine like to kind of help you get right in the right mindset to start the day? Yeah. I mean, from the standpoint of, you know, it, it kind of varies. I always have, I know what I'm doing in the morning, regardless of what that means. Um, yep. I do have a fluid routine. Sometimes I, I always wake up around four thirty, four in the morning and I either train work out, or I spend time writing or I spend time reading and something where, you know, I'm away from my phone for a bit and I'm just, you know, by myself. I found that four o'clock in the morning, no one wants to get in touch with me. So, you know, I, I don't have any outside distractions. Um, and so for my morning routine, it, it, it fluctuates for sure. I'm not this person who has this, you know, ice bath right away, get up, you know, train, do all these things. But I do yeah. each morning have, you know, the things where that's my time for me, where yeah. I, I spend time writing, I spend time getting my, you know, my mind right for the day, whatever that means. So important, man. Like I'm a morning guy as well. Four o'clock, four thirty. I'm usually up, and uh, you know, it's funny. I married someone who's a night person, so I'm usually yeah. asleep by nine, nine thirty. And yeah, uh, so, too. you know, we got to figure that out. You know, at, at times we've been married for eighteen years, so we've got it kind of locked in now. But at yeah. first, it was like, oh, this is what married life's like. You know, I'm going to bed at seven o'clock, six o'clock, eight o'clock at night. You know, yeah. but uh, um, man, it's it's so good to just like I'm. A, I think you know, like Ed Milet talks about, if you get up early enough, then you can kind of split your day into four days in a single day, right? Yeah. Like each day is considered a six hour time block is what he does there. Mm. How important though, is it to focus on the process versus the outcome? Yeah, I actually, mutual connection of, um, of ours, uh, Tyler Diggerhoff, actually, I yeah. just spoke to one of his teams. Um, and this is something I talked about is that throughout, um, you know, I look at a lot of things through an athletic lens. And when I was goal oriented all throughout my athletic career, I will say goals were the thing that gave me the most pain. And I know that sounds weird, but because I, a lot of my, my journey in athletics, I didn't have a, um, um, those goals weren't under a big enough, you know, umbrella of a mission. I didn't have that mission. And I think goals you need because you need that incremental success that you can measure. But if they're not yep. under a bigger purpose, then when you don't, when you don't succeed and you don't meet those goals, you think, why me? Or at least in my, in my experience. And when you are mission oriented, you say, what's next? That goal didn't, mm -hmm. you know, that, that goal didn't, you know, pan out, but what's next? What's the next, what's the next right decision? Right. Yeah. Um, because we're all going to fail. And yep. just because one goal's done doesn't mean the mission's over. Right. Totally. Stack the next one on and start going. Right. Yeah. I, lo I love that. Yeah. So important to just not hit your goal and then get comfortable. Right. Like I, I think, yeah. 
in my, I just can never get complacent, right? Like I'm always trying to get to that next level of whatever it is. And even when I had a conversation with Ed Milet and, you know, him and I on zoom, it was like the greatest conversation I ever had, but he's like, let's talk about canny. It was an acronym. And he said, Con- uh, constant and never ending improvement. And, and I have that on my wall, my office. And when I see that every day, I'm like, okay, how can I get better today? Right. How can I get yeah. better today? You know, one of the things that you talked about as I was reading through your, your newsletter, you sent out called the road less traveled. You talked about discomfort and honesty being two real crucial traits of a question when in pursuit of growth there. Can you deep dive into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think so often that it's, it's easy to lie to ourselves, but make everyone else believe it's the truth. Like I could, I could say that I'm going to go train in the morning or I could tell a bunch of people, yeah, I get up and train at 4am and they don't know any different, but I know. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need to be honest. Um, right. And you know, those questions like, you know, sit on your bed. I I heard uh, someone say once, just sit on your bed, sit with yourself and, be honest with yourself and audit your day of what that looked like. And were you, were you using your time correctly? Were you, were you the best father you could be? Were you the best brother you could be? And, um, you know, I think that's a never ending journey to, to your point, using Ed Milet's analogy. I love one of his analogies or sayings that he uses is blissful dissatisfaction. Um, yeah. he talks about, and you know, I, I love that. And that's why I talk about continuous, continuous growth is because, you know, I'm in the pursuit of the impossible, becoming that perfect version of myself. Um, and he uses an analogy or a theoretical situation that we're going to meet the version of us that we could have been when we die. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I've taken it a step further and he might've done this. I've never heard, but I thought of it in the sense of with my experience with my father and my family, um, that not only will I meet the version of myself that I could have been, everyone I love and cherish is going to meet that version of me as well. And what are they going to think if I'm not close to that version? Like, why did I deprive them of meeting that guy? Come on. Right. Come on. That's so good, dude. Uh, gosh, about a year ago, I was in a, a men's mentorship group uh, for all of 2022. And, and the very first meeting that I had with these guys that I didn't know, the homework assignment was to write your own obituary. I'd never thought about that before. Never even like, I was like, well, yeah. okay. And then I, as I did it though, here I am, 42 years old. I'm in my office and my eyes are just filling up with tears as I'm writing this thing, realizing I was not living up to that potential of what I want my my final version to be, man. And that was so eye-opening for me. And I started to really make changes in my life and my marketing, my business, my family, like to to meet that person that I was writing about in the obituary, man. Crazy exercise if people <laughs> want to take that out there, dude. Uh, really woke me up there. For you, I mean, we talk about growth what are you learning right now? That's a good question. I think right now I'm, I think I'm learning to, um, one thing I struggle with honestly is that when I've gone to speak at high schools, universities and, 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 you know, on podcasts here, I have trouble believing in myself that my story is worth sharing and perspectives. Mm-hmm. That's, and that just comes from a long line of, um, you know, honestly just devaluing myself and, and, and sure. underestimating myself and, you know, thinking I'm not worth that. And yep. so I'm wor- I personally believe I'm working through that. And, you know, I'm worried that when I go to speak at, you know, some high school that no one's going to get anything about out of it. It's not a good story. And then I have, you know, guys come up to me and you know, really struggling with their issues and their problems and things like that. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, um, 
it's something that I have to get over. And I found value in that through um, hearing those, the stories when kids come up to me saying, hey, what do I do? Like you help me with your story, but I'm struggling with this over here, right? My, my family, my, I found my mother dead in a car. How do I help my siblings? Wow. Right? And, and to me, I don't know the answer to that. But mm-hmm. to, the, and I try to help those kids as best as I can. But the fact that someone asked me that advice and gets value out of my story makes me realize, all right, my, my story is worth sharing because I do yeah. have, like many people don't think that, but I do have a lack of self-confidence um, and yeah. I need to work on that every single day. It's so important. And, and I, I, you know, I've done over 450 podcast episodes since I started this thing. And there's still days where I go through and I question my, my confidence level, right? Like I feel pretty good on the mic, but there's definitely days when I go, Am I really making an impact with this thing? Is it all worth that time that I'm putting into it? And you get yeah. that one person suit you a DM or come up to you after your talk, right? And say, yeah. man, that impacted me. I had that similar story. I mean, I'm 43. I didn't share my story until I was 39. Dude, I held that inside for over, you know, probably half my life, right? And I finally had that courage to share it. When I did, it was a weight off my shoulder. And then it started to open up opportunities. The more that I shared it, the more I got comfortable, right? And so, man, it's so huge to, to do that. I want to get into, you know, you say on your, um, that you're an anti-human trafficking advocate. You traveled to India even a few years back to go help combat human trafficking. What a cool experience. But can you tell me about that experience? And then how are you involved in the human trafficking sort of side of things right now or anti-human trafficking thing right now? Yeah. Um, so that experience was a really, I mean, eye-opening one for sure. The one that actually helped me in athletics, to be honest. Um, but one of my coaches, during, um, during college came up to me and said, Hey, Connor, I think you have the heart for this. I've been involved with this organization that goes over to India and, you know, does work. Um, and at this safe house where girls who have been rescued ages, you know, eight to, you know, 20 years old, um, having spent years of their life being trafficked. And we went over there and honestly, our job when we were there was to honestly just be kind to just interact with them and try to rehabilitate their image of males because they had been, all their suffering was at the hands of, you know, males 20, 30, you know, years older than them. Um, it made me realize that there was 7 billion people on the planet, 8 billion people who had no idea I played football and didn't care, you know, sure. that we, we are not the main characters. And I think yeah. we lose sight of that, you know, a lot of time, um, especially here in the U S and, you know, as of, you know, right now today, I mean, speaking on this podcast about, you know, um, about, human trafficking, uh, speaking at high schools about my experiences and things over there um, in the works, doing some fundraising things um, that I will probably announce later, later on, um, you know, actually in the, in the coming weeks, um, it's going to be a pretty cool thing. Looking forward to it. Um, nice. But just, just sharing the stories of, you know, the people who don't have a, have a voice. I mean, the girl who was trafficked for years of her life. And then because of that wants, wants to get into, you know, counseling because of it. Mm. And so finding a way to be selfless when, you know, you had just gone through this, these travesties is just, it blew my mind. And, you know, I had seven season ending injuries through my career and, you know, all of a sudden my knees and my shoulder didn't hurt so bad when I heard those stories, you know? Sure. Wow, man. I had a guy on my show early on when I started podcasting, a guy named Jonathan Epps, Espy, I think was his name. Um, and he is based out of Thailand and him and his wife are missionaries over there. And his ministry is training guys that go into 
strip clubs and things like that in Thailand and rescue girls that have been put in there or rescue those self traffic, uh, you know, human traffic victims. And then he has a campus where he raises those girls and boys up and gives them this home, this safe place, man. And it's so cool to, to see that what he's doing, but man, the stories that he can tell and that you probably saw and heard unbelievable, man. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly just a devaluation in my opinion of the of female life and other forms of the world. Um, yeah. I mean, and it, and it's hard to, it's hard to realize that cause you have to look in the, in the mirror a little bit that because of the supply and demand, it's, I mean, it's the, the, the demand is there because of males. And so, especially, you know, um, you know, all age males, but that's why I enjoy talking about it to young males to, you know, that are exposed to whether it be, you know, pornography or, you know, lust or like things like that, where it's like, no, like we need to learn to treat, <laughs> treat women correctly. Like that, it totally objectifies them. And in the world, women are seen as objects and, and it, and it, it's so painful to see eight year old girls having to go through, you know, living in through a safe house being sold by their families to, right. you know, that just blows your mind. Things you can't conceive here. Cause that just, you know, we don't think it happens, although it, it's, it's everywhere in every big city in America, there's human yeah. trafficking, you know? I mean, I think, I mean, I live in a pretty small town. I would say 50,000, 55,000 people out here. And it's interesting that you'll see like a, a sweep where, you know, all of a sudden there's five, six, seven kids missing in over a two week period or something like that, right in the area. And then it doesn't happen for a couple of months. And, you know, you're like, man, like what's going on. And we've seen that a, a couple of different times happen in this area. Uh, we're off the highway, hundred miles from Canada. We're close to the border. Uh, it, I mean, very easily targeted people I hear, man. And it's yeah. just sad to see when that happens there, man. Pretty crazy there. Yeah. One of the guys that I saw on your Instagram feed that you have a picture with, I think it was a couple years old, but Inky Johnson. Now, this guy to me is one of those dudes that is like the goat. Like he is the unicorn guest speaker on my podcast yeah. someday that I will have, you know. But like, what was yeah. that experience like meeting him and what about him inspires you, man? Oh my God. So I I listened to the same Inky Johnson speech before every high school game. Like, you know, growing growing up. Like that was like it was the same YouTube video that I had seen. It was that, yeah. and I watched like Earl Campbell highlights. Was like my okay. my favorite thing. <laughs> Come on, and and so my uh, it was my I believe it was my junior year in college. Uh, my FCA leader was like, "Hey Connor, we got this you know all men's breakfast at this church out in you know I believe it was uh, Ankeny, Iowa, and you know we got a speaker coming in. And I think you'd enjoy it." I was like, "Oh, who's the speaker?" He's like, a guy named Inky Johnson. I was like, get out of here. Like, this was like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Patriots fan. But that was like Tom Brady for me, like meeting. Yeah. And so getting to meet him, sharing a little bit about my story and how he helped me and listening to him, you know, every day. It's like, when you get in proximity to those people, it's just like, I left there on like cloud nine and just you, you get rejuvenated, you know? And yeah. it, it's hard to, it's hard to describe it. He I mean, just as an orator, I mean, he has an ability to move people that just very few, if any, I believe can. Um, mm -hmm. But that was another one of those things where, you know, when, getting to share a little bit of, of my story with him, when he, you know, found some value in that, I was like, that, that floored me, you know, because yeah. I devalued my story. And then someone who I looked up to and aspired, you know, to be like for so long, you know, that was another one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe I do have something to share.
Yeah. Come on, man. Oh, so cool, dude. I mean, throughout this journey of life, like you've been through a lot, you've had a lot of surgeries, you're impacting people, you're traveling the world there, but what's the most important thing that you've learned throughout this life uh, journey so far? Man, that's a big question there, Eric. Um, yeah, yeah, but for sure. <laughs> no, I, I think it's honestly, it's, it's for so long, I, I really struggled with praying for the wrong things. Um, and I say this throughout my football career. Um, you know, I prayed for the hundred yard games. I, I prayed for the, you know, touchdown social, the social media shout outs and, and all these yeah. things and all these, uh, I was searching for external validation. Right. Mm. And I realized my, my first game in college, I ended up making a tackle on a sideline. And I, um, even though I was a running back, I was on special teams. I made a tackle on the sideline and I look back and our whole sidelines going absolutely nuts. I, I saw my teammates crying for me because they, you know, were so happy. And in that moment, I knew that everything I prayed for didn't come true, but everything I should have been praying for did, you know, as mm. far as finding my self-worth. And that would have never happened if I didn't learn how to wield my suffering along the way. And so being able to find a way to wield your suffering, I think is everyone's superpower. It really is. Like you look at the, you look at the Inky Johnsons, the Nelson Mandela's of the world, these like crazy figures that Nelson Mandela could have easily just waited out his days in a jail cell, right? You yeah. know, he could have done those things. But wow. finding a way to just make the next right decision, you know, last one more day, like just by doing so, you learn how to wield your suffering, making your life and the lives of others around you exponentially better. Mm, come on, dude, that's so true. So true, man. You, you touched base on this earlier. You've got some big stuff coming up. Uh, obviously, you want to wait a couple weeks before you can release that. But what else outside of that is, is coming up next for you? Like, what are you most excited about right now? Honestly, I mean, I've gotten over the last you know few months, I've gotten some you know, opportunities to speak with some people, being connected with guys like you just, just through networking. And I felt that at this point, being able to my, sharing my story, it's, it seems like it's carrying some weight with some people, which means so much to me. And I don't take that that lightly, but yep. I just feel like I'm in a groove right now where I'm better, bettering myself mentally. I'm becoming a better speaker. Um, you know, I'm getting, you know, the practice in and I'm, I'm participating in that blissful dissatisfaction. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I see myself bettering my, my life. And then, you know, hopefully the other lives of, you know, people around me. And, yeah. you know, that's a cool feeling when you're, when you're in a, a rhythm and, and finding, finding yourself. And, you know, I think I struggled with that for a long time, finding who I really wanted to be. And I think that gets me the most excited is because, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the pursuit of the impossible, you know, find, becoming that unattainable, unattainable version of my best self. Best way to be brother. Uh, what's your message to the world, man? Whew, that's a, that's another big question, Eric. And I appreciate, <laughs> and I appreciate those big questions. I think, I think my message to the world is that no matter where you, you know, where you come from, whether you had, you know, gold plated, you know, you, you know, everything growing up or, you know, came, came from nothing that you can find your advantage somewhere where it is like you can, my suffering, I believe I, 
although it was rough, whether it be my, um, my injuries in athletics, whether it be being told to change my name by my um, alcoholic father growing up, I can see now that I am everything I am because of my suffering. And I believe every, everyone is. And so, I mean, going back to wielding your suffering, everyone mm. has the potential. And I, and I, and I despise the, the notion that no one can be something because of where they're at, where they come from. If anything, you're put in a position to lead others, right? Be the light for others to lead out of the darkness. And um, I just honestly have to go back to, you know, wielding your suffering and wield it yeah. nobly, bear your suffering nobly, because you will bring not only yourself through the storm, but so many others. Mm, come on, man. That's so good, dude. I love that, man. I like to finish my shows off with a fun question. I'm a music guy. So I love to ask the question like, okay. what type of music do you listen to? Or is there a band or someone that you like to listen to the most? That's, that's an interesting question because I, I am equal opportunity for all music. My, my playlist <laughs> list is weird. I got as I got as much Cody Johnson on as I have Tupac and Michael nice. Buble. Okay. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I love, I love music. And so whether it be country music, you know, um, like I'm, I'm more so like older rap music, like nineties, you know, to yeah. early two thousands. Right. But I mean, I can, my, my top 25 playlist is all over the place. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, listening to Jason Aldean today, to yeah. worship music in the morning, to the old school band Seven Mary Three all day, to yeah. you know the you Tron know, after soundtrack. Two, after Tupac, <laughs> I'll throw on some Kirk Franklin. You know, like you know, <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, that is awesome. My wife loves Kirk Franklin, dude. That is so yeah. funny. So that <laughs> so good, dude. Connor, you're an absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for taking time and joining me on the show, dude. This is awesome, dude. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate it, Eric. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.